Good morning. Welcome to worship at First Presbyterian Church of Columbus, Georgia. We're glad that you're here to join us as we worship God by offering our prayers and singing songs and listening to scripture. Please come in with us that we may worship God together. First lesson this morning comes from the book of Isaiah in the Old Testament. Let us listen that we may hear how God will speak to us. But there will be no gloom for those who were in anguish. In the former time, he brought them, he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the later time, he will make glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light, and those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. You have multiplied the nation, you have increased its joy, they rejoice before you, as with joy at the harvest, as people exult with dividing plunder. For the yoke of their burden and the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressors, you have broken as on the day of Midian. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The New Testament scripture today comes from the Gospel of Matthew. It is as Jesus begins his ministry. Now, when Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. He left Nazareth and made his home in Capernaum by the sea, in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what had been spoken through the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, on the road by the sea across the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the land where the people who sat in darkness, they have now seen a great light. And for those who sat in the region in shadow of death, light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to proclaim, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. As he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting nets into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. Immediately they left their nets, and they followed him. And he went from there. As as he did that, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, in the boat with their father Zebedee. They were mending their nets, and Jesus called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and sickness of the people. This is the word of the Lord. I want you to make a note before, uh, as I begin my sermon, that it, on the front of the bulletin, there's a sermon title that's different from the one in the, bu- in the bulletin. Um, not much, but a little bit. Uh, the sermon title I want you to think about is The Difference Being Ask Makes. The Difference Being Ask Makes. Eight years ago, this past week, 
my 18-year-old son asked me, Dad, will you go to the inauguration with me? We had not planned to go. It was the week before January 20th, 2009. We didn't have tickets. We didn't have reservations for getting any tickets. We didn't have a place to stay. But I have to tell you, I didn't think twice about saying yes. As we were making that road trip from Atlanta up to Washington, D.C., we were driving up I-81 through the Valley of Virginia, and my high school senior son said to me, Dad, we have time to stop by Monticello. Let's do that and see Jefferson's home, that historic site. The historian in me had not even thought about stopping by to see Monticello. And again, I didn't have to think twice. We did. We did find accommodations. My brother at the time, a chaplain in the Navy, was based at Bethesda Naval Hospital, so we stayed in his apartment, sleeping on his sofa and floor. We made our way through the very cold day it was. It was very, very cold that day. I remember that. We stood on a hill, on the hill just below the Washington Monument, looking toward the Capitol building. We couldn't make out a single person other than a mass, and we, the jumbotrons did not help. The speakers did not help. But it was fun. The most important part of that for me, though, was I was there with my son because he had asked me. Jesus came from God to provide light to a very dark world. That's how we Christians hear the prophecy of Isaiah. Jesus came to proclaim that the kingdom of God has come near. It's just out there. Reach out, and we will find it. According to Matthew's Gospels, one of the very first things that Jesus did in his public ministry was to go for a walk along the Sea of Galilee. It's not really a sea. It's really a big freshwater lake. In fact, it's about 64 square miles. For frame of reference, West Point Lake, just up the road, is about 40. Lake Martin over in Alabama is 69. So, yeah, it's about that. We kind of see it. It's a freshwater lake, and there are commercial fishermen on it. And that's what Peter and Andrew, James and John and Zebedee did. They caught fish so they could sell them and make a living with it. Jesus goes along for a walk along that shore, and he comes along to these two sets of people, and he says to them, come on with me, and I'm going to show you something different. I'm going to show you how to use your fishing skill to engage with people and make a difference in the world. This passage about these four who were called, Peter and Andrew, James and John, it's about their receiving their call to follow Jesus. Now, there is nothing that preachers love more than to talk about a call. We spend 
three years in seminary and most of our ministry trying to figure out and talk about the call in some different way. We look at the Bible stories. God called Abraham and Sarah and told them to leave the land that they knew and go to a land that they didn't know. God called Samuel when he was a small child sleeping in the temple, spoke to him in a voice that he did not understand, and he went to the prophet, he went to the priest, and the priest didn't understand it, but eventually he got it, and the priest Eli said to him, say, here I am, to this voice. We talk about Isaiah, who received a call when he was in the temple. There were smoke and, and, and all sorts of noise, and the seraphim and the uh, cherubim were making noise, and Isaiah blurted out, here I am, send me. You want to know who to send God? Here I am, send me. Saul was on the road from Jerusalem to Damascus to do what he thought God wanted him to do, but there was this vision that he had, and it completely changed him. But it's not just Bible stories we talk about. There are, there are people from our faith. Augustine was, was living a pretty libertine life when finally the prayers of his mother and the presence of God caught up together, and he found a way to say yes to God. And not only did he walk in the faith of being a Christian, but he became one of the leaders of the ancient church. Martin Luther was busy studying law so that he could be in business and make money, and he was on his way to visit his family at home and got caught in a terrible storm, and he dove into a ditch, and he was so scared that he blurted out that, that prayer, that foxhole kind of prayer. He says, you know, Lord, if you save me, I will do anything for you. I will go and be one of your servants, and he did. There are lots of stories like that. Preachers talk about it all the time. It's some, I would say it's the sum and substance of how we at least see the world. A number of years ago, a research project was done where there was a uh, pastors were studied and surveyed about what, how they understood their calling, their vocation, the work that they did. And the issue of call was central at it. But at the same time, they surveyed also the, the leaders and the members in their churches. And most members in the churches where these people, these pastors lived and worked, did not have this similar feeling about being called. In fact, most of them did not see a connection between what they did and how they made a difference in the world. It is frequently said that there is a divide, even a chasm, between the pulpit and the pew. And I have to wonder if that part of that gulch is, comes from this different way of seeing the world. We do many things in our life because we are told it's important. A child is told not to run out into traffic because, not because the parent wants to be mean, but because the parent wants to provide safety for the child. At the same time, there are things, there's also something that is said for us to find our way by being asked, not simply by being told. Being asked to do something, being asked to be engaged. When we are asked, we are brought into a relationship with another person. We are asked to be in connection even with a group of people. When we are asked, we see the world in a different light. I know that I did because my son just asked me out of the blue, will you go with me? James ask Peter and Andrew, James and John, not just to do something. Jesus asked them 
to come along with him. Yes, we do things. We will show the world how to live differently. That's what Jesus was asking them to do. But we will also be connected in a different way. We won't be isolated from each other. You will be with me, Jesus said. Come and be with me. Not just go with me, but be with me. You are a valued person. You are a child of God. You are one that needs to be brought into the fold. David Lose is a Lutheran theologian and preacher. He wrote about wondering if these four men had any clue as to what Jesus was really asking of them. He writes, they had no idea where they were going or what they would do, and they, all they know is that Jesus is calling them to be disciples, and they trust the rest will become clear. And it does. Jesus sees in these four men, and Jesus sees in all of us, that we are children of God, just as we are. So Jesus asked them, as children of God, come with me and be with me. Being asked made all the difference in the world. Being asked gives us choice. Choice empowers. It can provide the way for us to see and give an ability to do things in different ways. Choices are not always simply yes or no. There may be some third or even fourth way in our choices. Sometimes the choices give us difficulty. We're not sure what to do. We wrestle with how we respond. To make a choice, no matter what, to make a choice means that you will go in one direction at one time. When a couple marries, they make a choice that empowers. Together, they combine their personalities, their assets, their resources, their being to create a new family. They retain their own individuality, but they create something new. They are empowered to live a new life in a new way. They also make a choice to forego other people. When you become married, you say, emotionally, physically, spiritually, financially, we are, in, we are in, engaged, we are involved with each other. And this is going to make a difference because this is how we live our life. We live our lives connected to each other, and we will forsake all others. During January this year, we are focusing on our stewardship season here at First Presbyterian Church. And the theme that we're using is making a difference here. Following the lead of Jesus is to respond to being asked, come along and be with me. Yes, there, there will be doing, but being is part of the first, the first part of the response. Let us be together. Let us be here. And we heard a beautiful testimony about being here together to share and to respond to each other. Before God calls us to do anything, God calls us his children. Being part of this community, being part of a community that knows we are children of God makes a difference. As we are here, we need from time to time 
to assess the resources that we have so that we can explore our call, so that we can find out how our being together does make a difference in the world, how our being and the doing that follows from our being makes a difference. Through mailings and meetings, copies of our 2017 First Presbyterian Church Ministry Action Plan has been distributed. I hope you have seen a copy of it. It details, it has information about how we are making a difference through our worship and, mi and uh, music, through mission and evangelism, through Christian education, through being the body of Christ with our place here on this corner at First Avenue and 11th Street and into the rest of the world. This is how we see ourselves working to make a difference now. Next Sunday, we will come in in this time and space to dedicate our plans and our intentions to God. So I'm going to ask you to do something. Would you make a financial commitment to First Presbyterian Church in 2017 so that you can be part of something that makes a difference here at this corner and in this world? Specifically, let me drill down on that a little bit. Let me ask you, if you have not made giving a regular part of your Christian faith and discipleship, I would ask that you consider doing that. And not just give a, give a small amount, but give it regularly, whatever it is. If you have been giving the same amount for some period of years, then I would ask that you think about giving a different amount. I don't know if that's a different amount, more or less. Circumstances change. But give a different amount. Think about how you respond to that. If um, you have been giving regularly and you are striving to seek a new way to think about how you give, I would consider you to think about giving per in a percentage basis. What is the percentage of what I am giving toward of my regular income? How does that work? And I would encourage you to think about setting a goal for yourself, using 10% as a tithe if that works for you, or some other figure. If you have been giving a tithe, um, then that is wonderful, for you are providing a blessing. But think about how you're giving the story that you're giving brings to bless you. If you're giving more than a tithe, and there are people who do that, then I know that you are a blessing to all of us. In fact, all of us, no matter what, how we respond, no matter what our circumstances are, and circumstances change from year to year, moment to moment, Sometimes they allow us to do certain things, and sometimes they mean we restrict ourselves. But no matter what our circumstances are, allow yourselves to realize that you are God's child, and you can be used and are being used to make a difference through First Presbyterian Church. This is a specific way of doing it. There are other ways of doing it as well, and we will speak to those through time. But let me ask you to consider how you may respond in this time and place. It makes a difference to be asked. It makes a difference to be with others. It makes a difference to hear our calling. It makes a difference in how we commit ourselves to be and do in the world. Thanks be to God. Amen. 
It's been a privilege to join you this day in worship. We're glad that you were here. First Presbyterian Church seeks to serve and minister in the name of Jesus Christ. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord be kind and gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor. Go in peace as you love and serve God.